0: Here's your host, Sakar Cowley.
1: Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of welcoming Bernard Ruiz. Uh, Bernard is with Reshore Financial and he is a licensed CPA and he is a expert in uh, different real estate uh, uh, adventures and all the different uh, complexities that come when you try to uh, structure the entities or use your investment assets or 401k uh, into, you know, uh, investing in real estate, whether that's syndications or joint ventures and things like that. Uh, when it comes to such investments, Bernard uh, helps clients uh, set up the self-directed IRAs or the checkbook I, I mean, you know IRAs or even the QRPs, right? Uh, and today we are going to delve into details uh, about what it takes to set it up the tax consequences and uh, all the details that come with it. So thank you for taking time, Bernard. I appreciate it.
2: Sekar, thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to the discussion. It's one of my favorite topics, um, is self-directed retirement accounts, whether we're talking QRP or IRA based. Uh, so, and it definitely integrates very nicely uh, with some of the other things that you mentioned, uh, very closely related to entity structuring, even 1031 exchanges inside of retirement accounts.
1: Awesome. Uh, So Mm -hmm.
2: there's there's lots of fascinating permutations. Uh, So let's dive
1: in. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Bernard, uh, you know, before we delve into, I want to, you know, maybe have a disclosure as well. Like, you know, this is a very wide uh, topic wherein I think uh, I want to encourage listeners to, uh, you know, listen to the podcast, uh, but at the same time, understand the complexities that come with it. This is not a uh, one bullet solution for everything. So I want to definitely have that caveat and maybe perhaps have listeners uh, contact you or, uh, you know, consult a proper Um, uh, you you know, uh, consultation over this and go over their individual solution, right? So with that, Bernard, uh, help us get started with your background, what all the different services your company does and how you kind of came about into this whole space and what what sort of is your passion in general over this topic? So
2: my background is a CPA and that includes due diligence and sophisticated tax strategy. Uh, My particular passion uh, lies in tax and financial strategy, Mm -hmm. um, and particularly going really deep into specific subjects. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really going through the tax code, the tax regulations, Mm -hmm. uh, revenue rulings, and case law. So, really Mm -hmm. in a substantive way, taking a deep dive, Mm -hmm. which lets you know uh, the black, the white, and the gray, uh, so. <laughs> sometimes people, people think, oh, in tax, you can do whatever you want uh, because you can always interpret it this way or that way. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a lot of gray in tax, but there's also black and white. So it's very important to be able to know where the black is, where the gray is, mm-hmm. where the white is, and all the shades of those gray.
3: Sure. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. So that, that is my, my passion, uh, primarily tax.
1: Awesome. Uh, So now, Bernard, let's go through basics as to, you know, someone has a 401k, right? And they are willing to invest, right? And as we all know, 401ks carry a majority of investments of somebody rather than, you know, having a lot more liquid capital. 401k becomes a a gold source uh, of your sort of piggy bank where... Um, You know, you would want to invest. We all know that uh, uh, investing in syndications can be extremely profitable uh, as if it is done the right way in the right markets with the right operators and things like that. Right. So given that I have personally seen that there's a lot more demand from a lot of passive investors to know that okay i have you know like millions of dollars uh, locked inside my uh, 401k uh, what are different steps you can advise or what are some of the baby steps someone can st- uh, take towards uh, you know trying to understand this space
2: yes th- that's a great question and before we talk about technical uh, tax and labor law aspects of it um, i think i want to say you know advise people that then not to be intimidated uh, by anything that we discuss in this space. Uh, So as somebody that specializes in this uh, and as a CPA that reads that tax code and tax law, um, I feel very, very strongly that this is something that everybody should be doing and considering. If you have discovered real estate and you believe in real estate and you see the risk adjusted returns Mm -hmm. in real estate, um, that they can provide to you and the diversification benefit then you should definitely explore this um, none of the technical stuff all that can be is easily addressed uh, with the right expertise and, and the right hand-holding sure uh, so that's, that's one point that i want to make so we're going to talk some technical stuff perhaps uh, but with the right service provider uh, it's not something that anybody has to sweat right, right. Uh,
1: I couldn't couldn't agree more bernard and and the i here is where the irony is like i personally worked with a large mutual fund uh, and financial firm uh, this is one of the top 5 or top 7 we are talking about right and i had never heard about self directed iras or qrps or ira checkbook right and the only reason perhaps was that that wasn't their core uh, sort of expertise or uh, you know uh, the services that they would advertise right they would sure tell you the iras that are available but the self-directed part certainly the solo 401k or perhaps the ira checkbook or even the qrp i never knew But when I started to, uh, you know, look into passive investments and how how are the different ways someone can, uh, you know, invest, um, you know, I my mind personally was blown, and this is where it became a passion of mine. I said, okay, I am a person who has been employed with a top seven financial firm doing, you know, retirement accounts, mutual fund accounts, and IRAs and things like that, and if I was not knowledgeable about this. Uh, I mean, you know, think about, you know, sort of the rest of the 99.9% of the population uh, who is almost blinded by, okay, the 401k is there, but they do not know the different avenues that they can take to unlock the power and, you know, sort of get, gain benefits and uh, for their family and things like that. So that that's something I wanted to, you know, um, uh, sort of say and as well, then I, I, I kind of went and sought experts like you that, hey, could you please come on and explain? And obviously the topic is complex enough that, uh, you know, we, we can sort of uh, piece by piece break this down. Uh, so take it away, uh, Bernard, that, uh, you know, what are the different at a high level? What are the different options available for somebody who just has a 401k, but looking to, uh, you know, invest what, what are some of the steps someone can take in this?
2: So chronologically, the first thing they have to, for, you know, bef- even before having a discussion with somebody like myself, uh, they want to confirm that they can actually get their money out of the 401k plan. Sure. Uh, because the. The tax code imposes limitations on getting money out of plans, Mm -hmm. and employers' plans can be even more restrictive Mm -hmm. uh, than the IRS. The IRS allows them to do that uh, to a great extent. So first is find out, can you actually get that money out?
1: Uh, sure. So get... if I if may, right. Bernard there, uh, are you maybe referring to the vesting period and things like that, that sometimes uh, employers have the, those restrictions that, hey, you have to keep it uh, for a minimum of five years and that's when you could you know, do the transfers and things like that. Is that what you're alluding to perhaps?
2: So vesting is certainly a, f- a factor, mm-hmm. uh, but even in, plan- in assets that you are 100% vested in, Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain components of that that the tax code says you cannot take out of the plan while you are in service. So as long as you're working with that employer, Mm -hmm. you cannot take certain money out. Uh, There are certain types of in-service distributions that you can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, of course, had you rolled money into the plan, say you switch jobs Mm -hmm. and you roll money from one 401k to a new 401k, you'd probably be able to get that money out. But deferrals that you made and safe harbor contributions from the employer side, mm-hmm. uh, you probably have to wait till you leave. Although now with coronavirus mm-hmm. and the CARES Act, mm-hmm. there are opportunities to get money out because there's something called a coronavirus related distribution. Sure. So people right now for the remainder of 2020, there is a window of opportunity uh, to get money out of 401k plans. and. You know, come December 31st, 2020, those are going back under lock and key. But between now and then, there is an opportunity to get money out of there tax-free
1: and then put it into your own retirement plan, paying no taxes. Sure, now a couple of things, Bernard. Uh, One is how much money can they take out? And secondly, uh the limitation that you described wherein uh, you know they cannot take the money out and things like that what would be uh, you know what steps someone can do to find out like uh, is that like uh, calling the customer service or is there any specific section within their uh, account they can go and check as to what what sort of stipulations uh, they are bound to uh, by this
2: so we have a great resource for this Uh, And we find people have to be a little persistent. And a lot of it comes back to also what you spoke about before with the mutual funds and 401k plans. What happens today, what has happened historically, anybody can just go out and Google 401k litigation, Mm -hmm. um, which is 401k money was a bit of a slush fund for investment firms. All Mm -hmm. sorts of fees are being pulled out by all plan service providers and the investment advisors. And so when, very often, the way a company ends up with a plan is because a stockbroker will provide, will come to the business owner and say, hey, provide this plan to your employees. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll make them happy. Um, You gotta provide a 401k plan today. You can get some tax deductions for yourself, so set up a 401k plan. Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
2: the reason, the motivation of the stockbroker, or financial salesperson, is he just wants to get the assets to collect fees off right sure. and so mm-hmm. then they're going to bring in a document provider somebody that actually puts together the plan paperwork
3: mm-hmm.
2: and usually that plan paperwork is going to place additional limitations or be as restrictive as possible to keep people from getting money out because mm-hmm. everybody is profiting from keeping the money in that pot, there are a lot of hands sure. in that mm-hmm. cookie jar.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so you have to be a little persistent, and it's just too easy sometimes for the plan administrator to say, "Oh, you can't take the money out." Mm-hmm. So we give people a resource that says, "Hey, this is the information that you need. Um, this is the question that you have to ask. Um, these are the documentation that you can look at. Be persistent until you get a clear answer from someone that actually knows." Mm-hmm. Uh, but Assume we get past this point and they can Mm -hmm. actually get the money out, or maybe Mm -hmm. they're between jobs or they're in a period right now where lots of people are between jobs um, and they can pull money out of a 401k plan. So the next step is going to be identifying what kind of account is going to be best matched to them for their personal private real estate investing.
1: Sure, sure. And that implies that uh, basically. Different types that are available, right? Uh, could you maybe go into that, Bernard, as to you know what different types or what factors uh, play into all that? So broadly speaking, there are two account categories.
2: That's mm-hmm. how this is how I like to set up the framework.
3: Sure. Within
2: mm-hmm. those two account categories, there are technically um, millions of ways plans can be structured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. It's But broadly speaking, we're talking about some sort of IRA-based route mm-hmm. or QRP-based route. Sure. So these are two distinct types of plans.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: IRAs are much, in a sense, simpler. Sure. Uh, they come in many flavors. So mm-hmm. an IRA can be traditional IRA, a Roth IRA,
0: right.
2: SEP IRA, mm-hmm. simple IRA. Mm-hmm. But overall, IRAs are more straightforward
1: uh, than QRPs sure now what is a qrp i mean a lot of folks know iras and roth ira i mean the buzz or the uh you know the uh, all the keywords have been out there that okay roth i don't pay taxes on it it's all deferred and things like that right but what is a qrp what what does it stand for and why uh, it is a central distinction uh piece between iras and a qrp so QRP
2: is the most mis. Um, there is so much misinformation out there, mm-hmm. um, and and daily I'm speaking to people every day. A day does not pass with people that are misinformed about QRP.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So QRP stands for Qualified Retirement Plan.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's all it stands for.
3: Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Now. QRP, is just easier to say QRP than qualified retirement plan. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, just like it's easier to say IRA than individual retirement arrangement. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so QRPs uh, come in many, many flavors, but they do have much more tax flexibility, mm-hmm. which comes along with a lot more administrative uh, burden and administrative compliance and potential liability. Penalties. Um, so it's always in life, as a general rule. Sure. Uh, opportunity goes hand in hand with responsibility.
1: Sure. Now, uh, Bernard, uh, uh, getting back to the basics of it, right? So, what, what, w- what makes a QRP or a retirement plan a QRP, like a qualified retirement plan? What, what is sort of the uh, underlying uh, difference between sort of an IRA or a QRP? So. A
2: qualified retirement plan is a retirement plan that meets this, all the requirements of the tax code for mm-hmm. qualified retirement plans, mm-hmm. both in documentation mm-hmm. and operation. Uh, so I there see. are a lot of rules that can, that go along with that, but mm-hmm. the basic premise distinction between a QRP at the most fundamental level, breaking it down to the most elementary level Mm -hmm. is that an IRA is a trust established for the benefit of an individual Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and a qualified retirement plan is a trust established for the benefit of employees. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's the fundamental difference um, is one established for an individual Mm -hmm. and one is established for employees. Um, and that's why you get all the complexity, because being that it's established, the concept is it's being established for the benefit of somebody else, right? Mm. The, the business is establishing it for the benefit of the employees. Therefore, the IRS and Department of Labor are very concerned and have to make sure employees are protected. Mm. Um, That that's where the complexity really emerges from. Now, one thing that you haven't brought up, which is solo four hundred and one k. Sure. Where does that fit? Right. Uh, So solo four hundred and one k is a plan that belongs to the QRP section of tax code, Mm -hmm. but without the complexity.
1: Interesting. So you are saying the compliance and all the other uh, sort of uh, reporting requirements that apparently are within the QRP they are simplified or they do not exist for the solo 401k uh, side of the house is that kind of what you're referring to
2: that that's exactly it and mm-hmm. it's i think it's a mistake to to say kind of uh, the qrp mm-hmm. there's no such thing as the qrp there is mm-hmm. there are qualified retirement plants which come in many flavors mm-hmm. the real estate industry now recently has kind of been introduced to this term and I speak to people every day that think there is something called the QRP, some sort of new concept. Um, When we say QRP, if you had a 401k at work, do you know what you had? Sure. Mm -hmm. You Uh, had a QRP. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a QRP. Every 401k plan that anybody has had at work Mm -hmm. is a QRP. Um, If anybody has had a pension plan at work, Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That means a defined benefit plan, which you see far fewer of today. Mm. You have had a QRP. Those are all qualified retirement plans. Now you may have had a safe harbor with 401k, if you're mm. familiar with that term, right? Or you may have had a what's called a new comparability, or a you know some sort of target date or age weighted. These are all different tweaks or different forms sure. of QRP. QRP. Includes millions of structures, literally. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, what's been novel in the real estate space is, is that people have been using this terminology, uh, thinking it's something new, which qualified retirement plan is actually the 401k plan that you're running away from is a QRP.
1: I see. I see. Now uh, let's go through uh, some of the, uh, uh, sort of the, you know, the factors or what things someone can look at if they want to start using their 401k for passive investments, basically.
2: So, and I guess we're talking real estate as an LP.
1: Correct. Correct.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's speak about some real estate, right? One of the things we'll talk to people about um, is what kind of investments you're planning to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, within the real estate space specifically, mm-hmm. there is a benefit to using a QRP. And again, QRP includes solo 401k. It includes a 401k that has many impl- participants. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Any type of um, QRP uh, has certain very specific benefits when it comes to passive real estate investing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the biggest one, is that there is a very specific exemption for UDFI mm-hmm. for qualified retirement plans
1: sure are for you, folks you... for folks who don't know UDFI and the tax implications that come with it, could you maybe perhaps uh uh you know just uh elaborate on that uh, Bernard? Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, glad to do so the way I like to do this and we can do this as a bit of an exercise uh, <laughs> what would you say? is uh your retirement account uh want, want to buy a house let's put syndication aside for a moment
3: sure right
2: mm-hmm. you've got a hundred thousand dollars in your retirement account and you're going to mm-hmm. move it into a self-directed account mm-hmm. uh, we don't know yet what type of account it's going to be maybe sure. ira based maybe 401k based QRP. Mm-hmm. now you get the money you're going to put a down payment you find an asset you have two assets you can buy you've got a hundred thousand dollar asset Mm -hmm. and you've got a $400,000 asset. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, being that we're talking real estate here, Mm -hmm. you can actually get a loan from a bank. They'll give you money. So they'll give you uh, $75,000, 75%, right? So Mm -hmm. the bank will give you another $300,000. Sure. Mm -hmm. Would you choose to buy the $100,000 asset with your retirement account, all cash, Mm -hmm. or would you buy the $400,000 asset, using uh, leverage what would you choose
1: sure well i mean as far as i mean if personally if i were to kind of answer that right uh, you have the prohibited transactions or the self-dealing aspects of it right and that's where i think uh, the nuances come in from what i understand you cannot personally buy like let's say a a second investment house that uh, you know typically maybe you can invest but you cannot take the proceeds from from it directly everything has to play within that uh, 401k realm meaning you know let's say if you're using 401k to uh, you know put a down payment and you know let's say rent out your vacation rental or a second home of sorts right That all those proceeds have to kind of play within the 401k space, meaning it cannot go into your personal bank account and things of that nature, right? And now I believe there is also a section where you can have a uh, hardship or uh, clauses where, okay, I want to buy a house. So, um, I mean, you know, I have heard limits where you can take out $50,000 and things of that nature. So, there are i believe there are some uh, uh, you know provisions where you can like let's say you have a uh, like a wedding in the house or you're buying a, uh, a house as you said or education Th- those are all sort of i think uh, nuances or provisions where you can i think withdraw some funds but i don't know the uh, the enough details uh, regarding that i mean I, I don't know if that that makes sense uh, bernard so what you're describing
2: is taking money out of the retirement account sure. to buy mm-hmm. a personal residence, mm-hmm. right? So when normally if you take money out of a retirement account, uh, you have to pay income taxes plus a penalty.
3: Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But if
2: you're a first time home buyer or certain education expenses, mm-hmm. you can get the money out, mm-hmm. but only pay income tax, no 10% penalty. I see. What mm-hmm. we're describing is within the retirement account, rather mm-hmm. than buying mutual funds, Buying a property, an investment property, uh, which is essentially what a syndication does. It just gives it to you almost like a mutual fund, and it gives you greater scales. When you use a a syndication rather than buying a single family, Mm -hmm. um, you're able to buy a a much more attractive asset class and have it totally managed by uh, the the operator and and the syndicator. Mm -hmm. But I think just to illustrate kind of how it works and the mechanics of it, it's easier to use a single family house. So mm-hmm. say somebody has the hundred thousand dollars and they're going to use it to buy a piece of real estate single mm-hmm. family duplex triplex uh, within their retirement account, mm-hmm. and they can either buy, do an all cash purchase for hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars or do a four hundred thousand dollar purchase getting pros getting a loan from the bank mm-hmm. if you were the investor, which would you do
1: right, right, right well, I mean you know it sounds like. $100,000 probably is a, sh- a sure bet, right? Uh, I mean, you know, you can buy it and, uh, you know, own it all within the IRA. Does that make sense?
2: <laughs> and, and you can also own the $400,000 asset all within the IRA because sure. the IRA can borrow $300,000, right. as can the 401k. <laughs> so <laughs> given the opportunity, right, you're running your IRA. Now it's self-directed. You came to Reshore Financial. We set it up. You've got the money in a bank account, and <laughs> now you've got the, you've got a choice. I've got $100,000, should I buy the $100,000 asset, all cash, or the $400,000 asset using $300,000 of borrowed money? The logical answer for every real estate investor right. is mm. use the leverage. That's the beauty of real estate. Sure. Right. Mm. That you can get the bank's money and you get the benefit of leverage. I see. <laughs> right? Now the question is going to be, okay, you put in $100,000 equity from your retirement account,
3: Sure.
2: But you got another three hundred thousand dollars from the bank, which wasn't didn't come from retirement account contributions. Correct. Retirement mm-hmm. account earnings are tax free. How about the earnings on this investment? You bought a 400000 four hundred thousand dollar asset. You only put in twenty your retirement account only put in twenty-five percent equity. Sure. 75% yeah. came from the bank. Sure, so is sure. all of this tax free? or is only the return on the equity tax-free
1: i see so that's where uh, bernard we always talk about that the uh, tax liability that comes with the levered portion of this meaning the hundred thousand may be the tax-free but the gains that you would probably uh, get on the levered part which is the three hundred thousand dollar part here right uh that's where I think the distinction or that's where the uh, sort of the nuances of these uh, uh tax liabilities come in. Uh, go ahead, clarify on that, uh please.
2: Th- that's exactly it. So here is where we have a distinction between QRPs and IRAs. <laughs> in an IRA, the levered portion is taxable, the equity portion remains tax-free. I see. In a QRP, there's a special real estate exception for QRPs. <laughs> that lets you get the entire return tax-free. So when you talk about Mm -hmm. the benefits of QRP versus IRA, that is a big one,
1: Uh, that's a very big one. Absolutely, but then um, related question there, Bernard, is that why would someone do a self-directed IRA, right? Because you are obviously, uh, you know, the portion you, uh, of your investment is obviously tax-free, but not the other uh, levered piece of it, right? Uh, wh- what, what would be the considerations, uh, you know, for, for doing a self-directed uh, or perhaps a QRP for that matter?
2: So the, the analysis is understanding, firstly, the first step is, can this person have a qualified retirement plan? And what we see a lot out there is people have a piece of paper that says, I have that says on it, um, you know, XYZ company qualified retirement plan QRP, but having that piece of paper does not make it a qualified retirement plan. Hmm. What makes something a qualified retirement plan is if it meets the definitions of the tax code. So, I from the get go, the first question is, can this be? something that is treated as a trust created for employees. Are there any employees, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or the tax code has a section that defines when a self-employed person Mm -hmm. can have a qualified retirement plan, a QRP. So do you meet the definition of self-employed individual Mm -hmm. or is there an employee, Um, And many, many people have gone up and set up QRP, Mm -hmm. but they don't have a QRP.
1: I see. They
2: actually have a piece of paper that says QRP. Mm -hmm. But if the IRS were to audit them, Mm -hmm. the IRS would say, this is not a QRP. That wouldn't meet the
1: muster of uh, all the requirements needed.
2: Exactly. So if somebody has, there's a huge risk in setting up a QRP Mm -hmm. when you don't meet the definition. So, of course, if you never get audited, you can get away with it. But it's important for people to understand that if you don't clearly have a business that falls within the definition of what the tax code provides, Mm -hmm. um, you're taking risk. And what I – does any of this
1: come as a surprise to you? I mean, uh, sure. I mean, ignorance sometimes can be pretty dangerous, right? I mean, like the solution sometimes that's proposed or that's, uh, you know, a lot of time gets advertised about, uh, as you alluded to, right? I mean, it has to meet all the requirements and, and you could uh, as well sometimes say that, oh, that looks like a ship, but is that really a ship? Does it meet the requirements of the ship? And as you said that, well, if if it if it is just not, Uh, compliant enough, it may not meet those uh, requirements, right? So going back to the question, Bernard, there, right? Um, So are you saying that there are certain things that within QRP that need to be there so that it is a uh, qualified or the uh, sort of the section of IRS there where you said wherein uh, that the levered portion, uh, the taxes that come with it are also uh, tax-free for the QRP uh, owners. Again, just clarify on that, please. Yes, so it's a very
2: specific exemption Mm -hmm. for what the tax code calls real estate acquisition indebtedness. Uh, So something falls into that definition. um, There is an exemption. Uh, When there are partnerships involved, the Mm -hmm. exemption does not always apply. And now every syndication is a partnership.
1: Absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, So you can technically have a syndication Mm -hmm. that is creating um, UDFI depending on how it is structured. But in most scenarios, it will be exempt. Uh, but what we're seeing, again, is a lot of people are making choices about having a QRP uh, because they're running from the UDFI. Mm-hmm. But if they were to, you know, somebody may have rolled over a million dollars, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they're, when they understand how UDFI works, and then you're saying, okay, on the one hand, um, I can have UDFI in an IRA-based account.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I can have a QRP, but it may not be a QRP. And if somebody says that this is not a QRP, mm-hmm. that full million dollars.
1: It's suddenly exposed, basically you're saying.
2: And then if it's found out a few years later, right? Then all of a sudden it's penalties, interest, sure. uh, because that should have been on your tax return, on the tax return in that year. Right. Uh, because when you take money out of, a, out of your company 401k plan, Mm-hmm. Right, you're doing a rollover. You tell the IRS, "Oh, no tax on this, because I rolled it over to another qualified retirement plan." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it was rolled over to a plan that is not, in fact, a qualified retirement
1: plan, it's all taxable. I see. Uh, I see. Then, w- then I guess the common question or a natural question that probably begs is that what are some of the best practices like let's say if someone is uh, you know like working has a w-2 uh, probably doesn't know much about the uh, you know setting this up how, how how can they go about this
2: there there's the only way to go about it um is to work with somebody that has the expertise So has the information that they need Mm -hmm. and also has the integrity to tell them what you can or can't do. And sometimes solutions can be crafted. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. okay, we can come up with something. All right, this could work. We can set you up this type of plan. At the best case scenario, they're making an educated choice. Uh, So they understand that, okay, there's this pros and cons Mm -hmm. Um, and they're going to make the best choice. But what I like to important to bring home to people is Mm -hmm. that any type of account is going to be good. The question is what is best for you? Uh, So I see people that find out about UDFI um, saying, okay, I'm never going to use an IRA for real estate, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very big mistake because real estate provides incredible benefits um, again, the risk-adjusted returns, the diversification, sure. um, it's just phenomenal. Right. And remember, your equity portion remains tax-free. Sure. Right? Mm. If, you can, if you have the choice, say, okay, I've got my $100,000 at Fidelity, and mm-hmm. you get them, you say, listen, I've got $100,000 in the account. Can I please have $400,000 of mutual funds?
1: Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen? It <laughs> doesn't work like that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's the major di- difference right there, right? Uh, but then uh, let's shift gears a little bit, right? Uh, we always talk about the checkbook power of IRAs and stuff like that, right? Uh, explain us, like, w- what does that mean? Or sometimes people say checkbook IRA. Like, you know, w- w- what is all that? Okay. So here's
2: another distinction again between mm-hmm. qualified retirement plan, QRP, and IRA. Mm-hmm. An IRA has to have a financial institution custodian.
1: I see. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, a qualified retirement plan does not have to have a financial institution custodian. Uh, now, that's what maybe we'll get a little into that, the nuances of that. Sure. But from the get-go, so the question then begins: If you somebody has a qualified retirement plan, mm-hmm. they can be set up with the money in a bank account. Very convenient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you achieve that with an IRA? How do you get the checkbook into the hands of the investor uh, Mm -hmm. so they can have direct control over their money, total freedom, and also save a lot of money on fees and get rid of a lot of paperwork?
0: I see. Mm -hmm.
2: So that's what checkbook IRA refers to. And the way that's done Mm
0: -hmm. is
2: by creating a business entity and telling the IRA custodian, hey, we're doing a private equity investment. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's going to be a newly created company mm-hmm. that has specifically created created and structured um, so that the IRA custodian will review it and say, "Okay, we can fund this company," mm-hmm. and they're going to mm-hmm. move the money into that company. And I who see. will control the company? That We're, will be the investor. So this I way, see. even an IRA, we get the control of the money into the hands of the investor.
1: I see. I see. So basically, you are introducing an entity in and and that entity basically, or the beneficiary of that entity is basically the 401k account itself or the IRA account itself, right? But the owner or uh, let's say the employee uh, or the W2 person here we are discussing is really the one who gets the, the checkbook control over it. So essentially, when they are investing into, in, uh, you know, other syndications and things like that, it's really that entity that that's created is what uh, what is uh, going on and investing into those syndications. Th- did, I, did that? Did uh, that? Did I get that right? By the way, that's exactly it. Hit the nail on the head, Saikat. I see. I see. And, and that is uh, so. Be- So are there any limitations as to, uh, I mean, is that going to be like an LLC or a trust or are there any best practices uh, regarding how how you go about setting that up or not?
2: There are multiple layers of best practices. Um, Hmm. LLCs and trusts um, are both out there Um, and we assist people and can assist people with either of them. Hmm. However, when it comes to um, trusts, Uh, we think there's a lot of downside to using a trust, a Mm -hmm. lot of downside to using a trust. It's almost, to be perfectly honest, we offer it because we always want to remain objective. We want to tell people, you can work with us because whatever is out there, we can set it up for you. You want QRP? We can do that. You want solo 401k? We can do that. You want IRA trust? We can do it. IRA LLC? We can do it. Uh, But by the time we're finished educating people, they're probably going to choose to use an LLC over a trust. Um, And trust excites people. It sounds more novel. Uh, We see a lot of uh, potential downside to using a trust.
1: I see. I see. Interesting. Thank you. So the idea would be here is that you set up the LLC and uh, set up the qualified retirement plan as such. Right. And, that's when you will establish the bank account for that entity and that's where the money will move in and the investor or the person owning the IRA gets the control and that that's how he's doing it I guess good thank you I appreciate it what are some of the other uh, sort of nuances uh, into this Bernard that someone should be uh, you know uh, knowledgeable about what what I'd say
2: is there are it's really about doing due diligence. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's not a do-it-yourself project. Sure. Uh, the internet mm-hmm. has good information and bad information about this topic, just sure. like it does uh, on every on every topic. Sure. Uh, so, people should do due diligence mm-hmm. uh, when choosing to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should find out if does that person have um, the technical background and expertise um, and integrity. Uh, to work with them. What has happened in this space is 99 out of hundred providers in this space if mm-hmm. there are that many sure. uh, mm-hmm. providers are primarily in the business of get, selling you a piece of paper uh, mm-hmm. And you get control But you may or may not know you may or may not have the plan that really Suits you from a tax perspective. So you need somebody to work with somebody that will give you the guidance Sure. Um, and has the expertise to help you weigh your options.
1: I see. Thank you. And also, uh, Bernard, that uh, you mentioned earlier that QRP comes with uh, the reporting uh, and the compliance aspects of these things, right? So uh, I- explain us that, you know, what compliance uh, things that we should be looking for on a uh, sort of an annual basis or if there are any other reporting, uh, you know, requirements that need to be done uh, around QRPs.
2: So when we talk QRP, let's, um, for purpose of our discussion, we'll restrict it to 401k plans. Sure. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking solo 401k and something that really qualifies as a solo 401k, -hmm.
3: um,
2: there's very limited uh, reporting requirements. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will be a Form 5500EZ required uh, Mm -hmm. once plan assets are worth $250,000. Um, other than that, there's not much annual reporting compliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plan documents have to be maintained and updated, right? The IRS is always changing the rules. And so the plan documents have to be updated, but the reporting is really minimal. Straightforward. Um, got it. Mm-hmm. But when we, once we go into the space of uh, a qualified retirement plan that does not fall into the solo realm, then
1: mm-hmm. all of
2: a sudden your compliance went through the roof. I see. So the first thing is, You have to understand that every single uh, qualified retirement plan um, has to file a Form 5500 once it's not solo, even if it has $1 of assets. Mm -hmm. Now, you cannot file Form 5500-EZ, which is the easy one.
3: Sure. Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: You have to file either what's called 5500-SF or Mm -hmm. the full 5500 if I you're see. going to have real estate in there, private real mm-hmm. estate investments, you have to do the full 5500 see. And the full 5500 also opens you up to liability mm-hmm. because you have to tell the IRS and the Department of Labor, I have this, I have that. Did we do an appraisal? Did we not do an appraisal?
1: I see. Mm-hmm. And
2: then you've got to have a fidelity bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you have employees, you, it's not a solo plan, you need a fidelity bond. If you have non-qualifying assets like private real estate, Mm -hmm. you have to increase the value um, of the fidelity bond. And then you also have to – there's a world of liability and testing. So you have to make sure what happens if the owners of the company are getting more benefit from the plan than the employees. I see. All sorts of penalties. Um, If you're giving yourself access, you're the business owner, and Mm -hmm. you're doing private real estate investments, Mm -hmm. you have to give all your employees – the same option, so the same possibilities. So mm-hmm. you you can look up if you really run a qualified retirement plan as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's no way that it's going to cost uh, you know more than it's got to cost a few thousand dollars per year. Now I there see. are people out there that are say they're giving you a QRP, but they're giving paperwork. They're not doing the compliance or administration. You're getting a you know, piece of paper.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, thank you, Bernard. I mean, this is a, a topic as we discussed earlier that, we can definitely do multi-part series into it and uh, kind of step-by-step cover different aspects into it so unfortunately we are just about time for the show Uh, so I definitely appreciate uh, you know uh, your expertise into this Uh, please tell our listeners Bernard as to you know uh, where they can go how they can reach you or maybe a few resources where they can read more about this as well
2: Uh, so Sometimes I say just Google Bernard Reese, Resure <laughs> Financial, Resure LLC. You'll find lots of um, great resources. Uh, specifically, if you want to visit us, there's 401kcheckbook.com, mm-hmm. which is totally devoted to uh, retirement accounts and, and private investments. And you can find there, you know, lots of resources there. And then we've got agentfinancial.com, which kind of addresses all sorts of other real estate um, tax topics. Uh, So that's where we do for tax strategy, 1031, installment sales, entity structuring, um, that all goes through agentfinancial.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you for your expertise, Bernard. Um, And as we shared earlier that this is a wide-ranging topic, so... Our uh, listeners are encouraged to consult uh, expert like Bernard and, uh, you know, get, get into the details of what's needed. Uh, I think just a simple podcast is not uh, enough to cover the all the nuances that come with this so it's been a pleasure bernard i appreciate you uh, sharing uh, your expertise with us i hope to have uh, you again back on a future episode uh, where we can delve into a lot more details around this so thank you for your time today
2: Sekar, thank you for having me uh, i really enjoy sharing this knowledge and i loved our discussion
1: thank absolutely you. absolutely
0: thank you <laughs> Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest.